thought I might stay over tonight. Why? Because we're girlfriend boyfriend. To do what? I'm actually not sure. Welcome, everybody, to Back in My Day. My name is David Petrangelo, and this week, the not-so-stereotypical millennials are heading back to the movie theater, talking about the most recent box office of 2023, talking about our summer movie wager and our results. We will pick a winner. We will talk about the results, what came from 1 to 10 and ranked and made the most or least money at the box office, all that fun stuff. Eventually, Mike will be able to explain that much better than I will. But for now, this week, I'm lucky enough to be joined by... Michael R. Power. Ian Walter. And from now on, I'm just going to be Mina Power. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we can just go with Mina. That's so surprise. Who? Who's that? Who's that? <laughs> yeah, who, is, who is this person? <laughs> um, actually, so you know what? I'm going to do this right off the top just because uh, uh, we said that this is probably the best sort of place that we can do this before we hit record. But um Mina, you won the 1998 summer movie wager that we did a couple of months ago. So um, if anyone didn't hear that episode, you can go back to one episode 158, where we did the honor system and tried to rank what we thought came uh, from 1 to 10 at the summer box office in 1998. We went back 25 years and back in my day fashion, and uh, Mina was the victor in that. So as a result... Uh, you have a movie that we will all watch as a group and then come back and reconvene and uh, and review in the near future. So I will allow you to do the honors, miss. So this was hard because one of my favorite movies ever came out in 1998, and that's Practical Magic. But I'm not going to make you guys watch it because when we review it on the show, if you guys rip on it, I'll never forgive you and I'll never come back again. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would, yeah, you know what? I don't want that pressure. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's like you have a lot of voice. faith in your favorite movie. I do, but you guys are <laughs> just <kidding>. rude. <laughs> Three clowns. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with something that I remember being super, super fun. It is one of my favorite movies of his. Um, and that's going to be The Wedding Singer. Woo! All right. Adam so you, Sandler? You've broken nice. the curse. <laughs> well, nice. I don't, I don't think I'm like like going back on my feelings for that one. So that's, yeah, that's good. Good. Good, 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 one. good choice. Broken the Thank curse. Thank you. Thank you. I, um... We're just happy I, Dave I didn't win. I don't want to know what Dave would have picked from 1998. Well, that's the that's the thing. Dave's won all the throwback ones, and he's chosen Kazam, and uh, I don't even know the Spawn. Spawn. <laughs> Spawn. <laughs> I think um, uh, I think I've seen the Wedding Singer once, maybe. I think maybe twice, but it's been so long. That's gonna be fun. It'll be good to go back to. That's one of the one yeah, of the, one of the goods from that the, time. I think that's awesome. It's the OG Adam Sandler, Drew Barrymore rom com. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so that that we are going to watch that over the course of the next, you know, we'll, we'll, in the next month or two, we'll we'll have that on our list and we'll come back and talk about it. Uh, that is the 1998 pick. Mina, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> golf clap. And uh, yeah, golf clap. Yeah. Um, okay, so Mike, let's do a little refresher on the rules for the points because. Um, we did that when we did the 1998 uh, wager, but now with this one, as we're going to go through 2023, how does all that stuff work? Because we chose what we thought would rank from one to 10 mm-hmm. with a couple of mm-hmm. dark horse picks at the box office this year, but it's not just, Hey, you got one, you got two correctly. It's a little bit slightly That's more right. complicated than that. That's right. It's a, yeah, it's a prediction game where you're trying to predict uh, what movies will make the most money in the summer box office. And then you try to, you know, organize them um, from number one to number 10. And so you get like 13 points if you nail number one and number 10. You get 10 points if you um, nail any other uh, number in the list. And you get like seven points if you're one off and five if you're two off and three if you're three or more off. And then there's three dark horses where if they're anywhere in the top 10 and you have them on your list as a dark horse, you get one point. And then you compare that year list to how the summer movie box office um, actually finished and tally up the points and see who wins. And full credit to the Slash Filmcast. This is their idea that we just stole because it's a lot of fun. And um, it's their rules that we're following. So that's how it works. And we all submitted our lists in May. And I'm staring at the results right now. And it was a crazy box office. And we all did horribly but that's part of the fun (laughs) (laughs) but that that's what this year was right i mean i think that's that's kind of i i i highly doubt uh anyone an average viewer average listener or whatever would would be like oh 100 it's gonna be this 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 and this it was Mm -hmm. it was a weird one and uh next year might be weird because of other factors but i was gonna say usually there's like a horror movie that squeaks in in the top 10 but this year i was gonna say oh there's not a horror movie but actually it was the overall box office receipts that was the horror (laughs) this year it was a good year for the box office dollars wise but i I think it was a good a good year because even the number 10 movie made 153 million dollars um usually you see that's a lot around 100 and around 100 so I think uh, it's a bit of a uh, after Tom Cruise saved the box office last year. You know, it's uh, it's thriving <laughs> it's again. Spoiler: He couldn't, but he leaky. saved he saved it, and it's thriving again. So we still owe um, TC Legend everything for, for, yeah. for all the for all the. <laughs> um, so did did you repay him in kind by going to see Mission Impossible: Dead Right? We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that when we hit our list. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're we're gonna talk about a couple of the movies as we go because we didn't we didn't get a chance to talk to t- talk about too many of these as a group. I think over the course of the summer because just mm-hmm. life and whatever just sort of happens. But um, so we'll we'll sort of comment a little bit as we go along. And uh, Mike's gonna sort of take the reins on going through one to ten, and we're gonna sort of talk about the points that people got, talk about the movies and where they sat and why they might have sat there. And then at the end, we'll we'll have the results and whoever. Um, Whoever wins will be able to choose a movie for the rest of the group, just like we heard from Mina with uh, with the Wedding Singer from the 1998 one. So, yeah. so uh, how Mike, you guys from? Yeah, have you guys looked at the list? Are you familiar? Is this going to be sort of a shock to you? No, you haven't looked. Okay, so this is going to be interesting. I, I, We're gonna... I haven't looked at anything. I think I know awesome. what the top two are, but I purposely 
tried to not remember yeah. anyone else's list and just go blind so that we had, or that at least I had a surprise, so, somewhat surprise mm-hmm. reaction at this particular episode. It was like a four month buildup for this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I keep a close eye on it every uh, year because I, I like to see how our, our lists are doing and I like to just keep an eye on the like box office as a hobby. <laughs> yeah. So this was, uh, you know, Judging by our scores, this was a very uh, unique year, and not a lot of people predicted what you know the list the way it is. Uh, not a lot of predicted what would happen, and um, so I'm gonna start with number one, and I'm just gonna go from one to ten, and then we can sort of talk about each movie, and I'll talk about how many points each person person got from each movie, and at the very end, we can reveal the winner. So the the number one movie at the box office this this summer, and summer is uh, scored from May 5th to September 4th. So if the movie makes money after September mm-hmm. 4th. That's not included in these totals. But the number one movie of the summer is also the number one movie of the year right now. And that is the juggernaut Ooh. movie, Barbie. Barbie is coming at number one at $612 million this summer, which is a crazy number. So none of us predicted Barbie would do this well. The highest anyone had it was Mina at five. So she only got three points, even though she was the highest on it. Dave also yeah, had it at five. Dave, it so at five? So Dave yeah. and me had it at five. Um, I was going to say, yeah. Dave just didn't have the balls to put it at number one. Yeah, yeah. Man, honestly, Could that be I, your downfall? <laughs> I honestly was... I The highest I was going to put this was two, but I, see, I actually... I mean, I say written down, but I had it written down. I had it at number two until like the day before, and I'm like, yeah, I just... Yeah. I don't know. I just, I just didn't. And I just, oh man. Oh man. I regret it. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. But you still got, you know, you still got uh, a few points. At least you still got three points for it. Whereas I famously predicted Barbie would not even make the top 10. That was well, the worst thing anyways. Yeah. Well, that was my prediction. So since, you know, since we've been doing this show, that's gotta be the worst prediction in the history of the back in my day. <laughs> box not office have the one not, yeah, not have number one movie in your top 10 at all. So I got, the funny thing about it though, is, is I had it as a dark horse. So even though I made that egregious mistake where I didn't even oh, have did. the number one movie on my list, you guys all only made two points on me because I got one point for having it as a dark horse. So yeah. I should have lost way more points missing the top movie. Like that should have been like That's a 13 a point, point. But also swing, yeah, yeah. Also, shame um, on you. Yeah. <laughs> if if you listen to what I said, though, you know, I it wasn't that I I didn't have faith in the movie. I said the movie would be good and well liked. I didn't have faith in the audience that they would want to see this movie. But um, I was definitely dead wrong. And so, yeah, I'm eating crow now. And the movie did really, really well, and is also oh, yeah. I know by all accounts really really good movie. So I don't I didn't see it. So maybe you guys want to talk about it a little bit. Um, yeah, like I was going to say, I know how saw. Dave feels about it. I want to hear what, what Mina thinks about Barbie because uh, you saw it recently, right? I did see it recently. Um, I mean, I thought it was good. It's not like, I don't think it's like blow your mind amazing. Um, some of the visuals were fun. The costumes are fun. Um, sadly, like because of the tones of the movie that it's supposed to be kind of like a bit like like takes a feminist edge to it it's kind of ryan gosling as ken really steals the show in this movie um like everything he was in was just pure gold like he was just he was so fun he All was hilarious funny, 
yeah, the the whole like stick with the Kens was hilarious. Like especially when I forget what they call it, Ken Kendom or Kentopia. Um, <laughs> dojo Mojo Dojo Casa House. Yeah, let's not get yeah, into spoilers uh, though, because let's keep this episode spoiler free, just in case people are listening. Yeah, yeah no spoilers, but, but still, it's just uh, it's just funny that it was trying to be, um, like it was a very heavy woman movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's the male character is the one that to me was like the breakout character of, of the movie. Damn you, Ryan um, Gosling. Why do you think... have to be such a good yeah. actor? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even think Margot Robbie was like, she was fantastic as Barbie, but America Ferreira, she really hit, I think the notes of the movie it, that the movie was trying to get across. Most mm-hmm. of it came from her character. Um, and I, I felt the strongest like connection to her um, more than anything. But again, it was it was good. It was fun. I I don't think it was amazing. It wasn't my like top movie of the summer, but I had fun watching it and just the experience of like going out with a bunch of other women. And I sadly do not own any pink, but I so I didn't get to join that side of it. But. Uh, I know it. It was like it was an event. It wasn't just like yeah, going to the movies. It it was, it was more than that for a lot of people. So I think that was really fun. Yeah, yeah. No, was, and, and that that helped that helped it too. I mean, I I, I think it would have made a bunch of money anyways. But I think the whole like going to see these two movies that and Oppenheimer, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point in the list. I don't know where it's at, but somewhere, um, you know, both those movies probably benefited from that even though it seems like they were probably trying to like undercut each other or probably actually help both of them, which is funny. Um, but, uh, yeah, but it was, it was cool. rivalry really took off, right? It, it honestly, like it, it for sure, for sh- I, I, there must've been millions of dollars that would have been left on the table. If the, the whole thing didn't, the whole like event around it didn't happen for sure. Um, yeah, you know, I went to go see Barbie. No one of us saw it coming, and a lot of people didn't see it. And it was still packed. Both movies were still packed, which is crazy. Um, often that doesn't happen, or hasn't happened since we were probably younger, right? So for two movies, especially, so um, it was. It's cool. I, I, I think, I think it, I think it deserves to be up here. Number one, number two, doesn't matter. Whatever, it doesn't really matter. But I think it deserves to to be successful and this successful and and it's cool to see because it even though it's based on a property it still did its own thing i think in some ways and and it's cool to have that actually be celebrated but we'll see i don't know if a poly pocket movie or whatever the hell they've announced is really going to (laughs) be what we really need but hey well it's just a testament to the fact that the studios are taking the wrong lessons from it exactly yeah it's like You know, we we had I think prior to Barbie, it was Super Mario Brothers was on yeah. top for the yep. for twenty twenty three, and it, like you said, Power, it's not only the movie of the summer; it's now leading Barbie's number one for the year. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's another IP. So I mean, if you were just looking at it on paper, you go, okay, well, Super Mario Brothers, that's a big product, you know, consumer product, and then Barbie. So obviously, we got to roll out, you know, twenty. 30 more toy movies, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's, what it's gonna be. When really it's, yeah. you know, like when you, like for me, you know, Mr. Movies out here, I, I was going to see everything this summer. I, I think I've seen majority of the movies on this list, most likely in, in theaters. Uh, every single time I went out, no matter how late in the summer it was, there were people dressed in pink, 
you know, having yeah. cocktails, enjoying a good time at the theater. So definitely Barbie was a smash. And I enjoyed it too. I mean, I sat down and within the first 10 minutes, I had no idea what I was in for. And I was actually starting to get scared. Like I, I, I went actually on opening night, you know, getting ready for Barbenheimer weekend. And I chose the shorter of the two to start with. And I'm glad that I did. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did the opposite. <laughs> but, but yeah, like I just, I sat down and to be honest, when it starts getting going, I'm like, okay, this is kind of what I was worried it was going to be is kind of this just flashy, uh, I don't know, cheesy number, but like it quickly tells you, lets you know what it's about. And yeah, once you kind of figure that out and you're, you're in for a solid movie, Greta Gerwig, did a good job with this one and i really enjoyed the it was a pretty star-studded cast and it wasn't oh, just the kens but like yeah. the kens provided a lot, of, a lot of the comic relief um but obviously there was some great performances all around and i think margot robbie yeah. was great lead as well for it so yeah nice. movie with barbie the barbie yeah. hammer barbie the, the so the, yeah so that yeah so that's barbie the summer one um I think it sort of warranted a longer discussion as number one, but we'll go through these other ones a bit, but quicker. But yeah, as Ian was saying, the I'm glad it was a good movie, and that makes it earn this number one spot. The problem is, and it's, this is nothing against the movie itself, is that Hollywood, like Ian was saying, takes away the wrong lessons from things often, and it's not like, hey, make movies more movies for women, you know? It's like, hey, let's make a million toy movies. Like that's what they're gonna take away from the movie. Like. It's like not like make more women make more movies directed by women, lead leading by women for women with a feminist point of view. It's like, no, make more toy movies. Now we have like the Hot Wheels movie and the Polly Pocket movie coming out. And like oh, I've just, rock uh, and I'm just like because yeah, that shaking that my head. Like, like Barbie movie. <laughs> you know. Anyways, yeah. So we have that to look forward to. Thanks to Barbie. Not well, it's not Barbie's fault, but thanks to the, the studios, I guess. So We'll see which one of those movies uh, yeah, tops yeah. the box office in a few years. But for now, number two, this is another sort of surprise. Uh, this is uh, the second movie, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And we won't talk about it too much here because we kind of need to record its own episode because we could probably talk forever about that movie. But um, it deserves we, its own Yes, it does. Um, yeah, it kind of We were all kind of kind of on this. Like me and Dave had it at three, so we got seven points. Uh, well, Amina had it at four, so she got five points. And then Ian, you were actually surprisingly had it down at six, so you only got three points for that, so you lost a bit. Um, I was for, a for believer. But yeah, <laughs> but um, I mean, another good movie coming in second. I know we all like we all love the first one. This movie was also. <laughs> I, I, I just know I don't have to ask you guys. I know we all loved it. Yeah, so we, yeah, um, yeah. Any surprises here at Spider Verse number two? Like, I really thought it was going to finish number one for a while, and I was kicking myself because I thought about putting it one for a long time. Well, wasn't but, it one for a little bit for a couple weeks or in, for until Barbie came out? Until Barbie came out. Okay, that's what we it was. Were, yeah. We yeah. did a check in power, and we were talking. About yes, it, you we guys did. Yeah. About, we weren't even talking about Barbie being number one. We were saying mm-hmm. how we all thought Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three was going to be number one this mm-hmm. summer. And then it was yeah. Spider Verse who jumped into that spot, and I thought it was going to stay there for a while. But yeah. would have been would have been cool to see. But uh, as we, as we talked, but it makes sense. What was number one, deserving all that kind of stuff. But it's cool to see this this high because the first one did well, but it wasn't you know a a, yeah. a blockbuster if you if that's the right way to say it. Um, so enough people see, already, yeah. found it, and I think that's I'm that's already great. kicking myself because like okay. I had Barbie criminally low at number nine and this Spider-Verse is number two. 
if it was just me going off like what I love, it would be high on the list. But I was trying to be practical yeah. and I got shot myself in the foot because basically, like I thought I was going to do closer to the into the Spider Verse numbers. And even if you look at something like uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, like spoiler alert, but it didn't do that well this summer or as well as maybe we would wa- like to see it do. And it's like a similar style movie with a similar animation style. So, yeah, like. There was it had no business doing the numbers that it did, but I guess the movie speaks for itself. It was really good. So. It did more yep. like a you know a Spider Man movie, and yeah, it, yeah, you know, yeah, which yeah. is which is very encouraging. And because you know, like we all here love animation, but I think you know general audiences they prefer live action. Even though you know, I think I'm speaking for all of us when I say like an animated movie can be just as good as a live action movie. And so to see this movie make as much money as the live action Spider-Man movies is also like really encouraging. So um, yeah, it's cool that Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse came second. So number three was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. This is the movie that all of us, except for Mina, had at our um, number one. So it came three. And actually Barbie knocking down Guardians to number three made a big impact on the final standings, which I'll get to at the very end. Okay. And um, we've all All seen Guardians. Me and Ian recorded an episode about it, so we don't have to talk about it again. But let's hear from Dave and uh, Mina what you guys thought of of, uh, Guardians. Or have you seen it yet, Dave? I haven't seen it yet. No. Shame on me. Forget the shame on power. Shame on you. Shame on you. Back in my day, shame. 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 This guy doesn't see a Marvel movie like within whatever two months no. of it coming out. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. I know that Disney too. Is that it's been out for a while? You have no excuses. We know Dave played with Barbies and not action figures when he was a kid. Now, <laughs> exactly, Confirmed. exactly. Well, I definitely didn't have comic books. Dave's I know a that. Kid. So, Dave's a kid. He's Knuff. Knuff. Yeah, I'm Knuff. <laughs> uh, so that yeah. was that was three. You said mm-hmm. we're at three, right? Yeah. Guardians. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we'll go number um, number four. Oh, this... like, uh, Mina, did you like the movie? Yeah, oh, Guardians. Yeah. Oh yeah, I really liked it. It landed out of the the Guardian movies. I think it landed second for me. Um, nice. And in my overall MCU rankings, actually, Guardians is my top trilogy or like nice. sequence of oh, okay. by yeah, far. Like like, like yeah, all three really movies were really really high for me um but yeah i really enjoyed it it probably had the worst soundtrack out of the three movies but um, it was like uh, more modern it was 90s right? it, was, it was 70s was the first one then 80s and 90s that's because the music in the 90s is just it cannot compare to the music in the 70s there's no way no way yeah, yeah. better even so he did 80s, what he had. it was it was yeah. it was a significant drop but yeah. uh yeah I, it was it was it was good it was a little bit more serious than like a typical the other ones that we've seen, but I really liked yeah. it. I, I thought the characters mm-hmm. were good. The comic relief came from a character that I wasn't expecting it to come from, like more than some of the other ones. So it was it was really good. It was really well done. And, and again, nice. another fun um, comic book movie. I loved, 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 loved that they just ignored the MCU. Yeah, um, and I, and I, think, I think more movies need to start doing that in general because it's just there's so much baggage and it was nice to just have like the weight lifted off their shoulders and just tell a story that doesn't link to that or relate to that or build that universe up more so Mm -hmm. um that was a big positive for me on that one 
You know what? Say what you will about the soundtrack, but Dave, there's a needle drop in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three that is sim- the same song that's used in uh, Super Mario Brothers movie, oh. and they do it way better. In- yes, in- yeah, you, yeah, you'll like it, Dave. Yeah, one of your favorite okay. bands. Sweet. Um, yeah, nice. All right, so that's <laughs> Guardians. Uh, that's number three. So number four. Another big surprise at number four, uh, Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer. $310 million. Literally no one saw this coming. That was um, four? Holy. Oppenheimer was four. That. Oppenheimer beat like wow. Little Mermaid and, you know, Indiana Jones. So, like, That's I had it the, the highest. Nolan, baby. Yeah, I had it the highest at, what, seven? And I got five points. The rest of you, wow. the rest of you had it down, um, like, at ten uh dave and mina had it at 10 so you got three and ian this was a dark horse for you so you didn't even have this on your list the number four movie yeah. so i know you saw it in theaters what did you what did you think of it coming forth what do you think of it coming forth uh well i think it deserves all the the praise i think it's a three-hour yeah. epic and nolan does not disappoint and i think dave did a good job uh kind of reviewing on uh, on the show here and just kind of capturing that just he just keeps getting better and better. Like he, he's not doing a big tentpole film in, in the traditional sense here. He's not doing a, you know, a dark Knight uh, trilogy or anything, but like, he just knows how to make a film. And in this case, I really respected what he did with, because Nolan, he makes his movies for the IMAX for the big screen. He wants big screen, big sound, but he did a giant blockbuster in Oppenheimer without using a single digital effect shot. Like he just used practical effects the whole way through. And yeah, like whatever it took to edit it in post, but like not one uh, use of CGI. Like shot with CGI sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a a very good movie. I think the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, oh, there's some nitpicks, but nothing that would make this movie not excellent. Um, And it is, it's very long, but it doesn't feel very long, even though it is really just about people talking. Um, It's very good. I, I... I think I think everyone should see it if uh, any kind of historical film made by someone who's obviously a very good filmmaker is something that would interest you. I you know I think it's yeah. worth spending the time to watch it, even if you do it in like a couple sittings. Doesn't really matter, honestly. I think it would still be excellent. So I think so, um, and that's, yeah, that's a good point. It's... And you know, to weigh in on the whole Barbenheimer of it all, I yes, you know, I, yeah. I am glad that Barbie made all the money, and this one made a lot of money too. But this one is I don't know. It's I've seen the general the the general consensus that you know this movie benefited a lot more from the Barbie Heimer, yeah, event than Barbie. Like Barbie probably would have been fine, and it kind of rode its coattails a little bit. And which is which is great. Which is great. Yeah, yeah. Like I think I like this movie. This movie made more of an impact on me than Barbie did, and uh, it's gonna sit with me. Like I I, I'm more curious to go back and revisit this one as time goes on. Uh, if uh, more, more thought provoking in my mind, so, yeah. yeah. If I could have seen one movie in the theaters this summer, this would have been it. Unfortunately, getting away to three and a half hour movie when you have uh, b- little babies it's... at home is is <laughs> almost impossible. So I did not get to see it, which stinks. But I will hopefully see it soon. Yeah, it, it'll be available soon, so it'll be worth it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That goes for Mina and I. We did not get to see. We had some chances to go to the theaters, but we never had a. You know, four hours. Chunk. Four hours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that's not. It's not realistic. That's yeah. totally understandable. <laughs> so, all right. So, number five uh, was Little Mermaid, and uh, it made two hundred ninety-eight ah. million. Though I think somehow still seen as a, a bit of a failure for Disney um, coming in a fifth, mm. which is crazy. So, it's because of the amount of money that they're spending on their movies. It's yeah, 
Yeah, so I had it sixth. I had seven points. Um, everyone else had it higher. Dave and Mina had it at like number four, so they got like it, yeah, seven four. points as well. Or, or Mina had it at three, so she got five. And then me and you had it at uh, seven, so you got um, you got five. So you had a two away. So we were all like pretty close on it. I think, but I think this was balanced. hoping this was going to be yeah. going to be higher, like two or three, and and you know for it to land um, where it did. I don't know. Maybe the 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 need or the want of the audience for these live action remakes is kind of dwindling, and I feel like Disney's like just scraping the bottom of the barrel here soon, like remaking like Moana in live action that movie yeah. just came out. Like you're it serving like the same audience. For that one, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. It's crazy. So Why don't you go in a similar know. order to you re- when you release the anime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I think the part, like, now Disney with these live action movies is falling into the same issue that Pixar is having. They're not making movies for kids anymore. Like, so many people I know that took their kids to see this movie came out of it and said, like, there is nothing there for my kid. It was way too long. My kids lost interest interest in it. it. Like, some parts were like scary like it just it wasn't a movie for kids and i'm i'm sorry but it's like the little mermaid is a kid's movie it's a kid's story it's a fairy tale like make it for kids you can still make it live action but like it doesn't have to be dark and it's just weird that it was like dark and it they, was like a batman movie it's just they're they chose, <laughs> yeah they chose this um this like angle to take with their with their so-called live action remakes that they were all going to be photorealistic. Like the lion, like the lion King, like they made the animals photorealistic and it's like live animals talking. And it looked like, it's terrifying. It's like dead stuffed animals floating around the screen. It's like, and then someone on, in, on the internet uses like deep fake or something and animates them still like 3d, but with the like cartoon animated eyes and faces. And it looks like a million times better. And the That's fact the they didn't Sonic go that thing, route, right? Yes. Yeah, the fact that you didn't go that route is just mind-boggling to me. Because, like, who are you making these for? With these, like, like yeah. the, the crabs and the fish in Little Mermaid. Like, I haven't seen the movie, but just the crabs and the fish, like, made the rounds on the internet and looked, like, terrible did, and looked, like, you terrifying. Watch it, Mina? I did not watch it. I okay. on, Little Mermaid's one of my favorite Disney movies, and mm. I have no urge to watch this because I don't want to. I've hated pretty much other than like the princess one like the standard princess ones where it's like cinderella beauty and the beast like they're they're human movies like when like 80 percent of your characters are humans okay let's make a live action movie even the one was amazing but it's like these ones are like they're remaking lion king or the little mermaid it's like there is no purpose like these are supposed yeah. to be animated movies. There's a like, purpose. There's always a purpose. <laughs> wow. Yes, there is. Well, you know yeah. what? It, the little Lying. mermaid flopped for them, so hopefully, like it starts a downward trend of like yeah. they'll lose their. It's like if you want to take the ones it's that still made three hundred million, so I don't know if they're gonna yeah take the right or like away, but... or like Tangled. I can see like Tangled or Frozen being like cool live action, but it's like that's where you have the majority of your characters are like human so like mm-hmm. it translate a bit better but still make the movie for kids but like i yeah. don't know i think it was just a bad choice from them in general and um yeah i don't know if i'll ever watch it to be honest i, I don't really have 
I've given all of them a chance. uh, Yeah, yeah, I've given all of them a chance so far, and I haven't really liked any of them, so... This right. might I want to try Mulan. That... Mulan looks like Mulan, that one would be good. It was good, good yeah. because it was like an epic scale. Yeah, and it was it wasn't it wasn't like a shot for shot, story for story. Like they, okay. they took they took like the premise of the and they turned it into a live action story. Yeah, like all of like these it, things are fairy tales, and they're mostly in the public domain. Anyone can make a story about them, and like the animated versions are like Disney's version of Cinderella, like back in the day or snow white or beauty and the beast but it's like you could make live action versions of that but what like what they've done is just take the script from the animated one and just yeah take the songs take the script and just milk milking it but making it live yeah. action so it's different and just and mulan was uh live mulan was, was live action but it wasn't, wasn't the script they just took the story and the musical version exactly but it wasn't even the, the animated like scripts like the dialogue parts which is the music taken out it was like they took the story and retold it in live action which is like how I would prefer they all go. Yeah. Um, not did any of you be... see Dumbo? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't very good. Was, but we did I see felt it. Like, it I was felt okay. Like, you know, for all of its flaws or for, you know, whether you liked it or not, like Tim Burton did his thing with it. Like he made yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't like a shot for shot remake. Okay. All right. So let's get, to, let's get back to the box office. So we've had a lot of weird placements already and we're down at six and this is going to be the weirdest one because some movie that none of us had on any of our lists not well, even our dark seven, horses <laughs> came at number six i don't even know what this movie is but it's called sound of freedom and oh i know my god that movie made the top to get out made, of here it made it as number six oh and the the and there's hey, a, at least it didn't make the top five dave yeah, it didn't make the top five. Oh. Take souls, so they sleep well tonight. No, it didn't make the top five. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, it benefited so. <laughs> from some like pa- pay it on, pass it along program that was happening like in the states, where like the movie was taking the movie was taking donations basically from people who wanted other people to watch the movie forward, and pay it forward, and then you could you know ask whoever was organizing it for free tickets, and they'd give out free tickets, and I guess it made so much money that way. Um, that it made it into the top ten, which is kind of crazy. So I don't know if it we're gonna had see legs, man. It kept moving. Artific- artificial, yeah. I'd say. Like that's what pisses I don't know. me off about it is that it's artificial. Or it it's feels not, that way. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong, uh, but it's not really know, so it because like, those people what? still yeah. all bought tickets, right? So um, it, it, like like they like, had a chunk well, of money and then they bought a ticket see- when someone went to see it, right? So a lot of people saw it for I guess was someone bought the ticket. As Someone bought the ticket, but doesn't seem I don't to know. interest us. It doesn't interest yeah. us, and you know we're kind of rattled that it's in the top ten. It's like there's not that much of a difference in my mind from like you know everybody getting hyped for for Barbenheimer. Right? Like you, you mentioned, Barbie probably would have been fine, but it, it might not have been number one if it didn't have this kind of mm-hmm. hype around it. Yeah, yeah, this, for sure. This social media event, and like maybe Sound of Freedom didn't go about it the same way, but it's still like. A similar idea. The top 10 because yeah. like it had some sort of like hype around it. Yeah, and that's not how every ticket got sold. And I want I just wonder, like, this is a new thing. I wonder if this is gonna be something other movies with the well, set success are gonna start I wonder, doing. Like, I wonder. I'm sure they'll try. Sure like try. Uh, yeah. Taylor Swift concert that's now going in the theaters and it's expected to make a hundred mil on its debut. Oh. It's like there's there's definitely like 
the the way of going to the theater is evolving because of like streaming and everything and like yeah and now they're finding other avenues to kind of get people in butts and seats and that kind of stuff so yeah i mean you know power to it for making the money that it did i have no interest in seeing myself (laughs) yeah same but it's just something that we're gonna have to keep in the back of our mind now like what is the movie that like these same people might get behind next summer that's gonna make the list right like you never uh, know. It's kind of crazy. It was not. You're gonna start betting on like the crack movie, like the cracked up <laughs> movie. That like... yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, put that on my list every year. All right, so um, number seven. That's enough. That's enough about Sound of Freedom. Um, number seven, <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Now this is uh, is super disappointing. This came. Well, not only that it came I, after I, Sound I of Freedom, say, like, but, the uh, fact that it didn't even make more money than Sound of yeah. Freedom is like stupid like it's yeah. just straight up stupid it's also stupid for our lists um wife mina had it oh, highest man. at number one uh, it came all the way at seven uh you had, dave had it at two you had it at two i had it at four we all got basically three points from this it did not did not perform how any of us thought it would perform yeah um, However, it, like you alluded to power that bumped you know guardians down to two for mina and therefore she nailed that one Yes, but yes, but seeing yeah, Barbara, yeah, but seeing Indiana Jones like all the way down here at seven, like behind these movies, all these other movies that like sucks, man. Like Little sucks. Mermaid and Son of Freeman. It really, it really sucks. Um, you know, we saw. Well, it. I mean, her putting India one bumped her. Oh yeah, it almost yeah, it almost ended up yeah. being a good movie. Yeah, okay. Almost, almost. But um, yeah. So I actually like I wife power just stepped out, but you guys have seen it, Indiana Jones. Yes. Yeah, it? I saw it yeah. a few weeks ago. Yeah. I thought it was great. I thought it deserved to be much higher on this list, to be honest. What did you yeah, think? I, I don't think I don't think it's anywhere close to being as good as the originals, which I don't think anyone was going to mm-hmm. sort of assume or expect or anything. That's totally no. fine. Um, but it is a good time. It is a fun blockbuster popcorny movie. Um, it's a little too long in my opinion, but it is a good movie, and it goes some places that the other ones don't. And um, Probably, probably for the better. I was a little mixed when I was watching it, and then when I thought about it, I go, "No, actually, that yeah, I think that makes sense." But regardless of like the you know parts of the movie that people may or may not enjoy, or even if they haven't seen it, like definitely deserves to be higher on this list, or should have made a little bit more than placing at number seven. So I don't know what it is. I don't know specifically. Maybe people just don't want to watch old Harrison Ford anymore as much as we thought they did, and uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I it, it is what it is. Now we got mm-hmm. we each got a couple points by it, and and that's pretty much. Well, it. I don't that's think it, I don't think it, Indiana that. Jones holds any cachet with the audiences it's, today. To be yeah, honest, it's like you know, for for guys like us, you know, all, all yeah. of us here back in my day, like Indiana Jones means something. But I don't mm-hmm. like you said. I don't think he does the draw mm-hmm. uh, with the next generation the same way that other properties can carry over. And I think like. Yeah. Even when you try and do that reboot, you try and pair India up with someone like young up and comer. It's like as much as we might love Phoebe Waller-Bridge, I don't even think she's that big a name in, yeah. in Hollywood, really. So there was no real, real big draw. And I, to be honest, I expected like when we were talking about Top Gun last year, I really expected Top Gun to kind of do these kind of numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I yeah. Feel most like, people did. Like yeah. this, they thought maybe because of Top Gun that this was going to do better than it did. And like, it really ended up being and where did I you guys hear that last, this movie, so. this yeah. Indiana yeah, Jones like, disappointing. I, I really love the movie though. So I, I think like, you know, 
it's a fitting end for Indiana Jones story, uh, way better than in the Crystal Skull would have been an end, you know, if that's all we got. Uh, so I think like having a fifth installment and having James Mangold directed, I th- thought it was a, a really fun adventure from start to finish. And just to touch on what you were saying, Dave, like I really appreciate that they swung for the fences with where they took the story and yeah, how big it got with Indy. I just thought like it gave like this extra layer of like legendary status to Indiana Jones. Like he's done it all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Literally now he has gone places. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. So that was Mike. That was, sorry, that was seven. Yeah, I keep that was seven. Yeah, and um, just because we're talking about you know box office, and so this movie is actually um, the most expensive movie ever made, or something. So it's in wow, that's of the that's pandemic COVID and everything. Stuff, that's but, delays. Yeah, um, yeah, not not a good, um, not a good like a historic flop. For Disney, if here. you think about it, though, like like, they were obviously betting big, they thought they were going to make a billion dollars with this movie for sure. They thought, yeah, um, but uh, I think that most of that, like you said, Dave, is COVID stuff, and they dumped a lot of that on like whatever they inflated the budget to was dumped in clearly into that first 20 minute segment of the movie. So, yeah, it's that's just true. uh, it's just like it's going to go down in history, like overall, like box office, like you said, was fine this summer, like it actually made more mm-hmm. money than last year it's it's trending upwards but studios in general are going to start really looking at what they're spending on their money like yes. they're not going to be spending way too much money when we know. get here next summer we're doing the summer movie wager they're not going to be having these 200 million dollar plus movies unless it's like marvel or star wars but like mm-hmm. they're like most of these budgets are going to be trending downwards and that's probably going to be for the better creatively so we'll see. yeah it could be yeah, yeah. yep Sure. Okay, so the most expensive of all time, but most expensive this year and cost almost $300 million to make, apparently, which is crazy. Yeah. And if you got marketing to make the money back, it would have to make almost a billion yeah, dollars, like Ian said, it. and it made $175 million, So, oof. All right, number eight. Well, domestically, I, meant billion, I meant a billion globally, right? So like yeah. Globally, yeah. So it made more than globally. Yeah. But it's still not, not pretty. All right, number eight. Um, was Mission Impossible, Dead, Re- Dead Reckoning Part 1. Um, terrible, okay. terrible title there. but So this is yeah. one of the few movies <laughs> that someone nailed dead on, and that's Dave. They've got 10 points from this movie. Yeah. Um, I got three <laughs> points. Um, Ian, you had it really high at four. You got three points, and Wife Power got seven points. For I one thought off. Tom Cruise could do no wrong, guys. Come on. I also thought it was going to get the Top Gun bump, and I, that's why I put it so high, but it did not get the Top Gun bump. I think this is another movie that's, you know, was quite expensive because of the production during COVID, yeah. and I think 170 domestic is not uh, not what they're hoping for here, and finishing at number eight, I thought they, I don't think it's just going to go down as a, um, I think it's going down as another another flop, unfortunately. Um, and it's, it's just gonna, what you said, like, hurt the studios... It, yeah. The studios are spending way too much money on these movies. Like, if you're the number eight movie of the summer, you should be making money off that, right? But when you have well, multiple, I, multiple I, movies that are 200 300 million dollars, there's just not that much money to go around in the summer. I, every movie I, can then be I a think success, for a movie right? like this, so, though, yeah, but I think a movie like this in indie, you have to add like 50 million dollars because of the pandemic, like, oh, yeah, yeah, to the budget, right? So, at least, at yes, least. they oh, spent yeah. lots of money, they spent lots of money for sure, but. I think, you know, they would have been able to 
cut a few more losses here and there. Yeah. This probably still did not perform the way they wanted it to. That's fair. I think that's probably still the case, but hopefully that doesn't hurt what they're doing for the next movie because I, you know, I'm, I haven't seen this, but I'm excited to see both because they're great movies. But like, yeah, I, I hopefully this doesn't mean that the like the finale. I think it's supposed to be the finale. I, I don't even know how what they're doing. I but, think they're going full steam ahead with it. Like, yeah, yeah, but yeah, hopefully it doesn't it hurt what their ambitions are for that one. That's all. That's all I hope. Uh, yeah, I think I, I think, think with both. Well, let's see. So I saw this as well in theaters, and I think with both this and Dial of Destiny, Indiana Jones, like both of them, you can see the money that they're spending. Like I actually appreciated the fact that these were big budget movies because they were spectacular. Like they were like it was a literal spectacle, and like it's it's real disappointing that neither of them were able to make the money they were hoping for because, yeah. like I said, that means mm-hmm. they're not going to be taking these swings on the budgets for movies that they think are going to do well, they're still going to be really concerned about that budget. And I hope it doesn't affect the final product like you suggested, Dave, but like it is a two parter. And for some weird reason, I always see this narrative kicking around the space, like where people really get affected by that part one. Like, it's like, I'm not going to rush out to the theater because it says part one. And I know I have a, like a year, a couple of years to mm-hmm. I'm saving the good and, stuff for the second one anyways. Right. That's what people kind of, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. It's really weird that way. Like it didn't seem to hurt Dune too bad being a part one, but like no, or Lord know. of the Rings or star Wars. And you knew it was a trilogy. Um, yeah. Right. So I don't know. But None of those, said, like, just but Dune real... didn't say part one, did it? I don't think it did. It, just it, didn't, it said it like when you were in the theater, I think, and maybe yeah, like, it was a surprise to people that it was a part. Oh, one, that's but, right, it was. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think the I think the problem, or I think where like it doesn't hurt a movie like Dune or Lord of the Rings, it's like when you're in these bigger universes that have a bigger story to tell. Absolutely, it makes sense that like you're not going to be able to like build this world. And then, like, tell a whole story. So, yes, you're going to have to, like, break it up into, like, smaller pieces. But it's, like, mm-hmm. Mission Impossible takes place in, like, I mean, like, it is still non <laughs> Ten movies in, quote, reality. Yeah. <laughs> it takes place in the real world. So, it's, like, you don't have any, wor- like, world building. You don't even really have character building. Because, like, this guy's yeah. been around. This is the, what, sixth movie now? So, like, to... To break it into a part one and a part two, for me, it hurt me going to the box office because it's like yeah. Yeah, I only got to see like a small. Normally, like I would see everything, but it's like now it's like time's limited, and I only get to see a handful of movies. And it's like, am I gonna go see this movie that like I'm not gonna get a full experience? Like it's telling me it's part one, so like where does the story end? Like is it halfway through the story, and I have to wait like years? nice mike nice so good i'm leaving that in for sure this guy you know what like you you put it well sleeping in the basement tonight you put it well i think i'm the only one out of the four of us that's seen it and honestly like it's so weird to think that that factored in that part one because like having seen it yeah it's like hands down it's a big theater experience like i i do wish they left part one out of the title because who cares it's mission possible you know they're gonna make another one like it doesn't feel like 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 the movie itself doesn't feel like it's missing like you know that it's gonna pick up obviously like it's not finished Mm -hmm. per se but like it feels like a full movie when you watch it 
Uh, it's just got some incredible action. The action feels visceral, like like you're really there in the moment. So it's, it doesn't seem like too heavy on the CGI or anything like that. And I will say the conflict feels very relevant to kind of things that we're dealing with in, in the news here and there, in the media here and there. So mm. it, it's interesting to see where they're going to go with this. Uh, to nail it home and i think like part two is like the eighth mission impossible film so yeah yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see if they can really hammer it home because i really enjoyed this one and i think that if the next one delivers then we could have a really incredible two-part mission Impossible here so yeah dead reckoning was i was impressed and i I just feel bad for tom cruise because he was going out there really like you said power he you know saved the cinema and now he's here trying to do it with round two, and he's even praising like Oppenheimer and like you know he's he's telling people to go to the theaters even for movies that aren't his, and he yeah. did not see any box office receipts as a result. So yeah, but then he Shame. also kind of acted like a whiny baby that like his movie was only <laughs> going to be in IMAX for a week. Yeah, so. but like I can kind of forgive him for that because you see how like how passionate it is and how how hard. You know how hard he works on on all of his films, and he throws himself into them. So I've really come around on Tom Cruise. Like I, I was never really huge on Tom Cruise, and like I think in the last couple of years, just seeing what he's willing to do for the craft has really uh, boosted him in my book. So yeah, yeah. In the end, everything you cared for will be consumed. Maybe there's another way to save our home. You've never faced anything like this. Let them come. Okay, on to to number nine. Uh, Number nine is a movie that we kind of all uh, predicted would be at this spot, actually, surprisingly. Uh, Transformers Rise of the Beasts. So I actually had that. This is only the second movie of all of our lists that someone had dead on and i had that i had this in nine transformers rise of the beast dave had it as a dark horse so pretty close ian had it at eight so he got seven points and wife power had it at uh, a dark horse so she got one point so we all kind of figured it would be you know towards the bottom and um yeah it's interesting to see a transformers movie back in the top 10 um probably again lower than what they would have liked or what they anticipated but did any of you see it i saw it. i thought it was kind of bad but uh as most Transformers movies are but what did you guys think yeah i, saw I, too, I didn't uh, see it and i have almost no desire to see it <laughs> mm-hmm. save yourself dave yeah I, I would say, uh, you saw it as well uh, mina yeah uh we watched it and i'm almost embarrassed at one point i was like oh man is this movie turning around like could this end up being epic and then it just fell flat in its face it like Gave me like a glimmer. It almost had like a TSN turning point, and then it just. <laughs> yeah. Nope. I just... agree. The, uh, the third act wasn't my favorite, but um, you know the Transformers films haven't had a good track record, so I enjoyed it more than I'd probably be my second favorite one actually. Like I enjoyed. It Whoa. More than... um, yeah, like I, I enjoyed it more than most of them, and I do agree. Like it kind of fell apart at the end, but uh, my favorite part of the movie was the soundtrack. So, so that sound. That says how much like about the yeah. movie, you know, <laughs> the movie itself. Yeah. That, what you will, but I did enjoy the soundtrack, and I thought like, you know, there were parts of it that I liked. It's just that it did get, it did feel like it fell into more of the generic. 
there's like this Transformers formula that they can't seem to yeah. escape. I Dude. I do have a list of Transformers movies that I rank. It, it this was second last for me, so that's where oh. it ends up. Well, like, I yeah. haven't thought about it too hard, but it wouldn't be the worst, and it wouldn't be the best. So it's kind of somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. There's one thing that was like bothering me because, or and Mike could have like placed it wrong, but he was giving me like the order of the movies, like where this takes place in accordance to the other movies, and mm. there was. One part, I don't think it's technically a spoiler, but if you don't Doesn't want to matter. anything, I don't about think it matters. Movie, <laughs> um, but I loved that Bumblebee because you know how he talks through the radio? Mm-hmm. He goes to, he starts going to drive ins and he uses, so then he can actually use words to communicate. So he's snipping lines from like famous movies so it's like instead of like using songs he's using new movie quotes and it's i loved it but then it's like in like the movies that take place after i guess the timeline of this one it's like he just back to using the straight radio oh oh because this is before the bumblebee movie oh this is the thing or no i don't it doesn't matter it doesn't matter when it takes place but it is a cool idea though it's like I I loved that for Bumblebee because I thought it was just like because even Mike was like how is he and I, there's just one line in the movie that like I think it's um, Optimus Prime is just like you have to I'm gonna stop letting you go to the drive-in or something like that and that's just like because uh... he's like he's just being such a smartass with like the movie quotes that he's dropping but um, <laughs> yeah I loved that that was like my favorite part of the movie is that Bumblebee gets used like all the movie quotes. I, I like that idea in. though. I like that idea. That's, that's kind of fun. All right, Mike, what rounds out the top 10? We got just number 10 left now. All right. And what's interesting is I think we talked about, you know, sort of seven through nine, how these are kind of disappointments and, and mm-hmm. almost bombs. Number 10, we have like this good, fe- this feel good story of the summer. Ooh, this like good okay. news story where we have Elemental coming in at number 10. Oh, so good to see another Pixar movie up here on the top 10, the studio that used to dominate the box office in the summer. And the reason why it's a feel good movie is because this movie was pegged to be a huge flop and a huge bomb on its opening weekend when it only made $30 million. Let me thirty million dollars on its opening weekend, and it legged out to make one hundred and fifty-three million and come at number ten. So they legs had legs like a stallion. Legs, yeah, you said it. Legs like a stallion. Like this was probably benefited from being one of the only kid-friendly animated movies out like all summer, and it just stayed in the theater all summer. And it was just that safe, reliable option for parents. And I think it was like Wife Power or Mina in the episode kind of predicted this. And um, she had it at number nine. She was one off. So she got seven points. Davey also had number nine. I left it off my list completely. Ian had it as a dark horse. You know, Pixar has not been doing well at the box office lately. But this is sort of maybe a sign of, you know, Pixar returning to being a big box office juggernaut return to form. So that's why I'm saying it's sort of like a feel-good story here at the end, number 10. What did you guys, what do you guys think of Elemental and coming number 10? And, you know, Pixar, again, being on the list. I love it. I love the fact that Pixar is back on any kind of top 10, you know, money-making lists like this. And Elemental is not a amazing movie, but it is pretty good. And I do think that between this 
and especially Turning Red. I think those the last two movies that they've done deserve more praise than they're getting, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and Turning Red, probably if it was in the theater this year or even last year, would have made more money than this because I, yeah. I, it's just it's more fun, it's more bombastic, um, it's bombastic. Yeah, <laughs> and and honestly, it, to me, it's a better movie. I think Turning Red's a better movie, but um, I, I'm happy to see that that at least the last two Pixar movies, in my opinion, have been pretty damn good. And um, and I like I liked it, and I saw it with a few kids around me and stuff too. It, it was pretty good. I I think it deserves to be in this top ten. So yeah, I, I saw it too, and I'm glad to see Pixar making the top ten yet again, like or, or return to form, like you suggested, Mike. But um, yeah. I, yeah, I liked it. Like, it just seems like they're still making movies for the people that grew up on Pixar movies, as opposed to making yeah. Th- this one is definitely. That. Yeah. I'm here for that. Like, I don't, you know, I'm not hurt by that. I, I thought it was a, <laughs> a cute film, and unlike you said, Dave, it could like it didn't blow me away. I don't know if it would make my top ten Pixar films, but it no probably still not. Yeah. Was like a feel good movie, and I thought like it was inventive and very artistic. So I, I thought there were there was lots to like about it. Just like the the story itself, or like I guess the the actual character messaging. Involved. I, I thought the really. messaging and stuff of it, and and the sort of like themes around it were pretty good. Yeah, um, I like that part of it. Um, but it's but it's not like you said. It's it's kind of meant for people around our age in their twenties and thirties and forties, rather yeah. than for when we watched the you know Toy Story and stuff, and we were thirteen years old or ten years old. So, um, yeah, I think. That's that's the difference, but it's nice to see. It's cool that I had legs. I like it. Nice. Yeah, yeah, so that's, I don't know. I don't know if it helps many of our lists, but uh, well, no, uh, there was no meg to the trend. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's the end of the box office. I want to talk about some movies that you know didn't make the top ten. Now, just quickly, like yeah, the movies, <laughs> the movies that we all had on our lists, like Fast X, uh, came at number 11, 145 million. Ooh. So yeah, we all missed out on good. that. Um, yeah, good. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Good. <laughs> they got to be pretty rattled over there, fast. Yes. Oh yeah. Good. You know what? Those yeah. movies though have not always been really good um, domestic numbers at all. Oh, sorry. No, sorry. they no they money. live <laughs> they live on um, <laughs> yeah. But it's the international that really where they sort of right. feast. They live so overseas. Yeah, like we kind of all had that a bit too high. Um, we were buying the hype a little bit. This one's crazy. The Flash, 108 million. I had it at number two on my list. So this is I not only like this has to be you know, historic. I missed that. I had number my number two movie didn't make it at all, and then I didn't have the number one movie at all on my list. So terrible, terrible year for me. Um, it's yeah. pretty crazy. Me and Ian talked about the Flash, and what a huge disappointment it must be for DC or that this movie only made 108 million dollars. Again, one of those massive. COVID budgets and that was the I movie that I was buying the yeah that was the movie that I remember yeah I remember putting that on my list because I was like people are gonna see it but I think it's gonna be shit and honestly I hope it's shit and you know what less people saw know. it and I heard it was very just okay so you know what I'm happy that it didn't make it you know what screw you <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> well, I mean, you're not wrong, Dave, but it's just like it's crazy to me that a movie with Michael Keaton reprising his role as Batman uh, didn't. It didn't get me to see it. Like, I have no desire to see this movie. Yeah, and Ian, I feel not. different about the movie after I saw Tim Burton complaining that they like used his version of Batman without his 
without his like. Uh, but I saw that. <laughs> and I gotta say, I love Tim Burton, but like, yo, I, I get you gotta take it, take it with a grain of salt sometimes when these creatives speak up because it's not like he made like I don't know like. Even Edward. Well, he's not the creator of Batman, like first of all. Yeah, yeah he's not the creator of Batman. Yeah. <laughs> for a studio. Like, you can't come out and say when they want to carry on the character without you. Like, you made a superhero movie. Like, yeah. Give me a break. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah I, but I, I think it's I different that. when it's like the character or when it's like his. It was his creative like direction of batman it's like the same but, thing with right. like listen, nolan listen, like if Keaton we saw nolan's it, batman they're, they're in the movie buddies, you know what yeah. i mean like like the thing about it is is it reads like he didn't watch the film like it, he didn't really critically analyze it or anything like that he just thought like the idea of it is insane but well like, i think i think it's wrong that they didn't ask him to be honest. like it's like they can do whatever they want with the sure like the student but it's like from one director to another, it's like you if you're gonna like take someone's like take creative direction on a character, it's like at least have the decency to like be like, yo, this is happening and um Yeah, yeah we don't know. Heads up. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a fair point, but power before we drop this, you said it changed your opinion on the flash. So I, I I'm curious about that because it's not like when when we watched that and we broke it down, we we agreed like it didn't really change our feelings on the original Batman. Like it didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just feel ickier about right like, on it doing well, weird like yeah. that. So I don't I don't see how his yeah. comments on it could change your opinion of the film. No, no, no. I, I was just kind of kidding, but um, yeah. I, I still think everything we said and where I where I fit it is where I fit. It. I'm not changing my ranking or anything. So, yeah, I all right. So, the DCU that is now. Yes, now. that'll be fun. All right. So that's that's the Flash, and the next is um, a movie I was hoping was going to perform a lot better. One of the few movies that Nina and I went to see, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem, came 13th with only 107 million dollars. Uh, I think we have to save all our. Everything about the movie because we're going to go in depth. Yeah, and we'll get to it. So let's yeah. just that. watched it. Um, oh, nice. Okay. Oh, nice. oh sweet. Okay. So yeah. we were talking before we started recording that usually a, a horror movie sneaks into the top ten. The closest one was Insidious: The Red Door, which came fourteenth with eighty-two million. Okay. Um, so that no horror movie made it, but that came close. And then the Meg Two, Ian had on his list, so I want to get to the Meg Two. <laughs> get to it. Came fifteenth. <laughs> Oh, that's not, that's not bad, actually. I thought it was going to be, like, plummeting. Yeah, see? Uh, <laughs> I got to find it down on the list. Okay, but it barely beat out number 16, which was Super Mario Bros. movie, okay? Ah, and that's that, crazy. You know, that that's came out crazy. all the way to the beginning of the year, and then between the months of May and September, it still made $75 million, oh, which is, like, crazy. God, that's yeah, because I remember when we did our check-in, it was still in the top 10. Yeah, it was, like, I thought it was going to make the top 10. It was still doing gangbusters in which May and June. unprecedented. Oh, yeah, unprecedented, yeah. And then um, Blue, uh, the Haunted Mansion, 17, and Blue Beetle, 18, so two other okay. massive flops. Those were dark horses for someone. How so, much did Blue Beetle make domestically? $58 million. Oh, jeez. Haunted Mansion 64. Um, so, yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, we won't, we won't talk about Mayhem, but as far as where it is in the box office, like I kind of w- I, I was hoping it would make more money. It'd and be I, higher. I was kicking yeah. myself for not having it in, in, at least a Dark Horse. But, it, was, uh, it was a wishful thinking type of thing, I think. It would have been just... the Flash, which I wish it had. And, yeah, and, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Mutant Mayhem, it... it did be the Flash. Yeah. It did? 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought you but said it didn't. Sorry. Sorry. It didn't, but like it's it, it it made more than the flash at the box office, but the cutoff is Labor Day. Yeah. So, so it, it didn't it ultimately do better. Ultimately that. it passed the flash, yes. Right, it right, okay. it was, yeah. It was only like uh two hundred thousand below it for the summer. It only had like two weeks or three weeks. So it's gotcha. did much better than the flash. Yeah. yeah, and that's the other thing. Turtles would have done better if it had a longer leg and yeah that's i put it at 10 and i almost nailed it and so we're getting into the finals here had turtles snuck in to 10 and had elemental not like had all these legs and turtles like had longer or even did a bit better i would i would have won i would have had nailed it with 13 but that didn't happen um let's talk about what did happen yeah let's talk about the results let's do it mike all right so i'll start from the bottom um number four (laughs) (laughs) Ian Walter with 31 points. Oh, man. I mean, 30? Um, 31 points. A bit of a list is a bit of a mess this year, bud. Sorry, it's but I uh, didn't. Right. <laughs> he only got one, one I off. Elementals is a dark horse and Oppenheimer. Yeah, and you got big zeros from the Flash, Fast X, and the, and Meg 2. So, mm. and then, yeah. all right. So, it was like my hopeful because the Meg actually came in at number 10. Meg did. Yeah, Meg did. So. yeah, that was that. Yeah, you had to take one, one bigger shot. I guess, and that's all right. That's so we have for me, like the eulogize my my list yeah, here is that um, you know, I was reflecting on all the great movies that I saw in theaters this summer and realizing that because we choose it beforehand, mm-hmm. seeing these movies actually has no impact on my prediction. <laughs> so <laughs> yay for Mister Movies! Uh, <laughs> I'll have to go and do some studying and do some research and hope to get into Mister Movie himself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, so. For two and three, I don't know how you guys want to do this because two and three, there's a tie. So if I reveal two oh. and three, I will also by default reveal the winner. So, so maybe this is... just like let's celebrate the winner and then we can maybe. Talk yeah. About, so let's uh... let's go to the winner. Let's go. Drum roll here. Insert drum roll here. Insert Chris drum roll for Christification here. The winner this year's summer movie movie wager 2023 is Dave. Oh, <laughs> we failed. We, we failed. failed. <laughs> we failed. So, so just before we eulogize and get it, Dave had forty-six points, and okay. uh, Wife Power or Mina and I tied uh, in second for forty-one points. So, what's interesting Ooh. is that Dave oh. and Mina's lists were so similar. We talked about it in our list; they were so similar. It was the same ten movies, and they were all one or two spots different. That right. she got you won. And she got 41. Then I somehow also squeaked out 41, even though I made these catastrophic errors with you know, <laughs> having the Flash and and Fast X and Mutant Mayhem. I got zero. You're running power. the numbers, power. We know what's yeah, yeah, sure, Mike. Yeah, sure. No problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> I welcome an audit at any time. Um, yeah, so, so the ongoing joke in the podcast is that you know, we just try to beat Dave every year. That's all we got to do. <laughs> failed again. He's won at least. We do two of these every year. He's won one every year for the past three years. We failed every year. And you <laughs> did call it, Mike. You said their lists were so similar that you know, like, unfortunately, yeah. one or the other. Yeah, <laughs> their, their lists were so similar. So there you go. There you have it. Dave is the winner. Um, once again, Dave, you are the the. Whatever box office prognosticator, yeah, and box office prognosticator of back in my day. So we had a uh, pleasant surprise learning that we have to watch the wedding singer, and we were having a good time talking about the box office. (laughs) Are we gonna go home crying, or are we gonna be happy when this is all said and done? Okay, so I I have my I I was the way I, I sort of chose this was based on 
where we're sitting as we record this, which is in mid-September, and also what's easily available on streaming. But did we talk about the prize? Did we talk about that? So the winner gets to make everyone else watch 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 a movie, yeah, which is what I mean. With Mina choosing the wedding singer, it's pretty obvious. She's got wedding singer, which I think we're all excited for. So that's great. So you guys will be very excited about this. Um, So I wanted to find something that everyone, you know, we I know we have these streaming services and something that I don't think I've seen this movie before. And we're sitting in mid-September and I thought, okay, I'm going to try to pick something that, you know, we can watch over the course of the next couple of months. And I'm flipping through Disney. I'm flipping through Netflix. I'm flipping through Prime. I'm so concerned. But either way, you know, something that's... Peacock at all? No. Uh, Even Apple, whatever, right? So I was like, you know what? I'm going to pick something that has a couple of names on it that we all enjoy and a movie I'm pretty sure I've never seen and something that's a little bit horror thriller-ish. There is a limit even to the imagination. Human teleportation, molecular decimation, breakdown, and reformation is inherently purging. Where our greatest creations meet our deepest fears. Something went wrong, Seth. When you went through, something went wrong. You are about to go beyond that limit. I am picking 1986's The Fly. Wow. Okay. I have never seen that movie. Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Gina Davis is in it as well. I'm pretty sure it's a Cronenberg movie. It is. And uh, I was like, you know what? I have never seen this movie before. It's sitting there on Disney Plus, and I thought, you know what? On, on Star or whatever it is in the U.S. I'm not sure. Maybe it's on Hulu or something in the U.S. And I was like, you know what? This is kind of like horror-ish. We'll watch this during sometime in October, probably, and we can talk about it at that time. So. Like, you know what? Let's give it a Whoa. shot. Maybe it's a little corny. Maybe it's not bad. I don't know. I have no idea. Hey, so I it Dave, you're trying to reverse your reputation. <laughs> well, potentially. <laughs> we have potentially. I don't know. I have no idea. This movie is older uh, than us. Yep. <laughs> yeah, like that's a, that's a pretty cool pick. Some forward thinking from our gracious house because I think if you think about The Fly and knowing that we're also going to be covering a film called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, <laughs> We know one of the mutants. Double feature. Baxter. Baxter himself. So, yeah. So, I, I just figured, you know what? Let's try something a little different. We don't do too many horror movies. We don't talk We don't talk about we talk about Scream and we talk about some like movies like that. But, like, you know, I, I was looking at, like, maybe I should choose something from 30 years ago or 40 years ago. Like, just pick an even number like that. And as I started looking through some movies around that time, I figured, you know, I'm... I, I'll just sort of look at whatever horror things are kind of around there. And yeah. And then I just started looking on Disney plus and that's what was there. So the fly, we have Jeff Goldblum. So, and, and, oh, and then Jeff Goldblum was there. I was like, hell yeah. Let's go that fast sounds, and the description. Yeah. And the description of the movie is on Disney plus at least is so simple. It just says like something about like the guy is a, a scientist. Uh, a experiment goes awry and he turns into a fly sort of thing. Like, well, I don't think it rhymes like that, but and that's basically it. I'm like, okay, cool, great. Goldblum and Gina Davis, I'm in. <laughs> Let's try it. <laughs> nice, good choice, man. I'm, yeah. I'm much more excited for that. Well, actually, I'm not gonna lie, I was excited for Spawn too. So I'm hoping that you know, ruin my uh, image. Yeah, let's wait fire. till we've seen the movie because, um, yeah, you know, 
We know we know how Dave likes to pick his movies. He likes to win and torture his uh, his friends and co-hosts by this, making them watch uh, suffering movies. This one's it's even more. Of, yeah, <laughs> this one's even more of a blind spot because I know I've never seen it and I know very little about it. Um, whereas I knew that Shazam was probably going to be crap, and I had a sinking feeling that Spawn was Kazam. too. Yeah, um, Shazam, whatever. Most, Shazam's that, also uh, not great. <laughs> Also, yeah. another movie this summer that or this year that made like no money. So there you go. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so we will we will watch the fly over the course of the next uh, several weeks and come back and talk about it. Um, we'll try and, and squeeze it in, and yeah, we'll try and squeeze it in, in October. If we don't, we'll do it shortly after. But we have that and the Wedding Singer, and uh, we'll review both movies. We'll try and do it both in the same episode, and we'll sort of do like a double, double feature. feature. Yeah, really exactly. Cool. So we'll do it that way. Um, but other than that, uh, the box office is behind us. The summer box office, at least, is behind us. And it was an interesting year, a crazy year, as we've talked about. And I don't know. At this moment, there's still, it's been, what, two or three months of a, of a strike in Hollywood. I don't know if there's going to be a summer box office next year. We will see what happens. But Next, next year, ahead of the summer movie wager, we got to predict which two movies the studios are going to try and... <laughs> craft a barbenheimer event. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's about it yeah yeah let's pick yeah, two properties and it see. was yeah. pretty organic right like i could see the it studios was. also trying to copy that again yeah that'd be hilarious. force it force yeah, the issue kind of thing it. yeah yeah well, i think it too i forget one of those big theater chains in the states might have been amc it was like you couldn't buy single tickets for a little while it's like what? you had to buy the double feature oh. i don't know if you had to stay and watch them both at the same time but it's like if you right. bought a ticket it was like they were selling it as like a package deal so i think a lot of i think that like really boosted each other like if you wanted to see it opening weekend it's like you had to buy both movies yeah, That's I heard wild. if you wanted to see The Sound of Freedom, you had to buy two tickets as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that was that movie. That they were, I think it was that movie, actually, yeah. <laughs> all, right, so, um, all right, yeah, it was a fun, as Dave, you said, it was a fun It was a fun box office. So that's behind us. So in front of us, we have to talk about Mutant Mayhem. Look forward to that episode. That's coming up. We're continuing our Ahsoka talk. We're really digging that series. We're reviewing all the episodes on the main feed and over on our Patreon. Dave's been and, cryptic on his thoughts. Yes, I will continue to be cryptic. I will continue to be cryptic until I put it on the record. So okay, <laughs> I can't wait to have Dave back on. So look forward to that, listeners. That's uh, at uh, Patreon.com/slash Back on My Day. And yeah, we have our turtle talk, and we have these uh, movies, The Fly and the Wedding Singer, that we're going to be talking about. So stay tuned. Lots of lots of good content coming up. Uh, follow us on social media at Day Back In on basically all the social media platforms. And um, whatever podcast app you're listening to, you're using to listen to us, leave us a five-star review, subscribe. It all helps. And thanks for listening. That's it, everybody. Thank you very much. See you next time. Bye. Bye.